Yeah, Change for Ghana is literally a non-profit organization fostering a sense of community and responsibility amongst Ghanaians for the vulnerable communities in Ghana. Uh, so we're here to educate, inspire, and support Ghanaians, um, both in the diaspora and in Ghana and around the world. That is literally what we do. Yeah, I mean, uh, talk to me about some of the events that you've um, had in the past, because I've um, attended some of these events myself. I have had amazing times, whether it's the games nights or, or the karaoke. Yeah. Um, you know, talk to us about the kind of events you have um, and, and, you know, how people can potentially, even in the future, attend some of these events when things are reopened. As you know, with all things um, to do back home, Africa, Ghana, Nigeria, Congo, wherever it is back home, is monetary. Um, so as much as we can talk the talk, we can support uh, online protests, we can support, um, we can call out things that are not happening well back home. Um, one of the best ways to actually help is to help with monetary. So we do what we what Change for Ghana do, we do raise, we do fundraising events. Um, we've done, um, our first fundraising event was um for Ghana's Hip Life Karaoke, uh, which was a fun way to, you know, to raise money and also let people enjoy culture, what we grew up listening to. So it was a Hip Life Karaoke, which, you know, literally got people to come up on stage with your friends and sing one of your favourite songs and literally tell us the song you would like to sing, sing it, dance it, do whatever you want to do. And literally, that was literally it. And it was a huge hit. You know, we had a sold out event for our first event. We raised over £2,000 from the event after our expenses and everything was covered, our overheads were covered. And that money went to our first project, which was providing um, a level-making workshop for students from um, with blind and visual, uh, hearing and visual impairment um, back home in Ghana, in Kofodia, Eastern region of Ghana. And, you know, that was my first time I actually spoke to an audience, you know, with a friend of people in the room. And I was quite nervous, but you know what? One thing I did realize is I felt so passionate. I've never sent, felt a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging, a sense, a sense of freedom. Being up on that stage, talking about something I love and care so much dearly about, which is Ghana, and helping people back home that are from vulnerable communities. That is the reason. That is the reason behind why Change for Ghana exists. Um, that's the reason why we'll, uh, anyone listening we hope you can sponsor us, you can donate with us, you can partner up with us to help raise funds towards our many projects we're trying to achieve um, this year as we were hit severely by um, the pandemic last year. So we couldn't do any physical events, we couldn't do, we we're quite limited um, to what we could do virtually. And, you know, going forward, we've got a lot of huge plans in the, in the, in the pipeline and you can just you can literally go on our website www.changeforghana.org, um, www.changeforghana.org, and you can read about what we've done, what we're planning to do, why we exist, our mission statement, um, and also follow us on Instagram. That's um, Instagram at Change for Ghana, um, F O R Ghana Change for Ghana, and on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, we're on all platforms. Drop me a message. Um, you know, someone happy to answer any questions you may have and yeah hope you hope you can get out the support amazing um so change for ghana is not just yourself um i would like to know a bit more about you know who is part of your team you know um are you a group of 5 10 15 20 people how do you even you know reach out to people to come to um this sort of agreement to create something so special 
Um, yeah, so tell me a bit more about who's in your team. Yeah, I think as I mentioned briefly, um, I resigned from my job in November 2017. And it was that period which I wanted a greater sense of existence, really. Why am I here? What, what do I feel? What am I, what's my legacy? What am I going to leave behind? And I think the idea of Ghana, Ghana helping, helping, helping Ghana, helping people back home has been something that's been resonating with me. I always said, oh, when I, when I get rich one day, I'm going to help. <laughs> I'm going to help back home. But uh, the question I had to myself, if you can't help now when you have some, what makes you feel like when you get more, you're going to help? Because as we earn more, our, our lifestyle increases, our liabilities gets, gets more expensive. Um, you know, some people buy Maybachs when they become millionaires. Well, I might not necessarily buy a Maybach now. I might buy a BMW now. But equally, as you earn more, your lifestyle also becomes more expensive. So the same excuse you're pushing behind to not do anything charitable or do anything giving back is probably the same reason why you're going to have when you become a millionaire. So I've said, you know what, I prayed about it. Um, you know, it's something that's been, always been on my mind. And I spoke to a friend um, via social Twitter, actually, um, Loretta, who's a, a co-founder of Change for Ghana. Um, and really, we had the same passion. It was around the time when a, a famous Ghanaian um, singer died, Ebony, uh, Ebony, the artist. Um, she died around in November 2018, I believe it was. I'm sorry if I got a date wrong, but um, it was her death that kind of initiated the conversation between myself and my co-founder, Loretta, um, you know, wanted to hop back, you know, hop Ghanaians back home. Our roads were a mess, which led to a death. It was a very busy road and it's just been neglected and derelict for a very long time. And so we just started speaking. I told her about my vision, what I would like to do, passion for change for Ghana, why I feel like there's a great sense of purpose. And we kind of literally clicked. Everything was literally in sync. We were on the same page about what we want to do. And we started change for Ghana via a FaceTime uh, conversation. Literally had a mind map of everything, like 10 sheets. And we literally came up with a name, came up with the design. Then we literally, once we got our first part sorted, we advertised to a team to join us, people passionate Ghanaians that share the same goals as us and want to help. And that's how we formed the team and what their strengths are, which we've got an accountant, we've got graphic designers, we've got researchers, we've got uh, welfare officers, we've got uh, event planners, and we're all a group of Ghanaians. We all work full time. We all got our other side hustles. But we've got a shared goal is to help Ghanaians back home. And hence why we dedicate our time and our spare time to towards change for Ghana and bettering our nation and our motherland Ghana. Amazing, man. Amazing. Peter. Lo- loving this, man. So inspirational. Um, Quakey, man. Just to even hear, you know, your drive and your passion, you and your team for what you're doing over in Ghana. And, you know, you, you mentioned people can check out some of the projects on, on the website. And I've seen loads of things around the education support that you've been providing, supporting people where they've been affected by poor sanitation in their areas. Is there any particular project that really stands out to you in terms of what you've done? Um, and maybe that you're trying to, you know, look for when you think of the next year or so, the next couple of years, you're really trying to target some of your um, efforts to. Um, we started off very broad, actually. We started, we wanted to tackle mental health, we wanted to tackle education, sanitation, infrastructure. But I think, as um, as you know, we all we can't do everything at once. Um, we're limited um, by resource, we're limited by ability, we're limited by what we actually can do without getting governmental approval. Um, so we kind of narrowed down, moving forward, we kind of narrowed down our focus to education and sanitation. 
Um, that being, for example, we've kind of we've now completed two projects which have provided two communities com- uh, with a total combination of over two thousand three hundred um, citizens in that community. Now we provided clean, safe drink access to clean, safe drinking water um, for them in the communities. Uh, where, whereas before they used to get water from a local stream which was polluted, there's a lot of um, illegal gold mining happening in those areas which the water conditions are not something you would even bath with, let alone drink. But this was the reality for most people in those communities. So by us being able to raise funds through our initiatives here and from our you know, charitable donors, we've managed to provide two communities with access to clean, safe drinking water, automated access to clean, safe drinking water through a borehole system for the community. Wow, wow. That's, that's amazing. I want to, you know, thank... Well, you know, in addition to the the team that's doing all of this over in, in Ghana and working from here, all those that have contributed and donated. I mean, you mentioned 2,300 2, citizens uh, for clean drink. As we all know, you know, we can go days without food, but it's water that we really need for life itself. So even one person who is able to get clean, healthy water, that's just such a blessing. But the fact that it's over 2,000 people and, of course, you want to do more, it's just such a great demonstration of the impact that, you know, we can have as a society when we come together and contribute financially, contribute in other ways and to to do stuff back home. Um, So, yeah, just want to just say a massive, you know, well done really and just awesome um and uh, you know with, with stuff like this as we know Quaker and Jazz we've worked across different uh, projects as well it it will not continue without the support of people so you've been doing great work but that cannot go on for a long time without literally support so for listeners all over the world and just on that imagine on each episode we do give a shout out to our listeners and particularly to new listeners joining us from different parts of the world. So I'm going to take this moment to do just that. Um, so Jax, just to let you know, we've got new listeners from Hamburg, which is in Germany. So we're going to give a massive shout out to all of those in Hamburg as well. Thank you for listening, man. Big up Hamburg, big up Hamburg, Germany, Hamburg. That's great. That's great to know. Come on. And to all of our listeners, man, do the usual. As you're listening to this, you know, you can think about how you can support or how you may know and know someone that can support because Quakey, it's not just individuals, is it? There's ways businesses can help. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of, we're trying to work on, that's one of our focus for this year. We're trying to work with corporate uh, corporations um, that have got a lot of corporations got budget left uh, for social good, uh, for social uh, charitable courses. And I feel as an employee of that company, you can actually bring for, bring to their attention. Oh, you know, I've heard of a great um, organization called Change for Ghana. Um, this is how we can help. We can match, we can price match their donations, for example. You know, a lot of these corporations got a huge fund, huge budgets for, for this. So uh, by speaking to your person responsible for that aspect, you can help us and, you know, drop us an email and, you know, we'll take it up from there. We'll send them a pitch deck of what we've done, what we've achieved, the, our impact statement to help, you know, hopefully that convinces them that they can trust us uh, to partner with us or to donate to us or um, support us. Brilliant, man. Brilliant, man. Um, uh, I want to ask a bit more about the, the future, you know, where you see yourself, well, where you see Change for Garden in five years. But why I'm going to ask, because, Yes, you're doing you're you're doing great work. Um, you are currently based here in the UK. I know you actually go to Ghana quite a bit, which is really good and of course very helpful for what you do. W- are there any 
challenges with this and when I say challenges I don't just mean around generating income but more so when you actually go to Ghana you might be working with people who are local there Um, they may or may not see you as you know someone who's local there who hasn't gone through what they've gone through but you're coming to so-called save us so to speak what are some of do you want to speak a bit more around that I guess and how you overcome those challenges yeah I think um it kind of helps the fact that uh, as being one of the co-founders of um, Chain for Ghana, I am Ghanaian. I've lived in Ghana. I speak the local language. Um, I understand. I've been, I've experienced some of the hardships they're facing now and what the reality is. I've also experienced at some point in my life um, growing up. So um, I think that's why I think transparency is important. We, we, we don't, Chain for Ghana, we're not on the saviour complex. As you know, some, you know, we see some of the advertisements on TV, you know, we have the, different kind of complexes um, and Saber Complex, one of them. But we are, by being with them, we kind of, we don't just give them what we think we want to give them. We actually ask them, what are the biggest, what are the biggest concerns or biggest worries worries right now? So we speak to the elders of the community, the head of the community to see what their biggest challenges are. So before our recent completed project in, um, in Atasso, which is in um, Kwehu West, the um, eastern part, eastern region of Ghana, uh, we actually, I went Ghana two years ago, three years ago, I believe, and I actually went to the community and I asked them, what are some of the biggest concerns facing the community community at the moment? And water was one of the main things. Um, having secondary school in the community was one of the other hard, hardships they were facing. Um, so up to, the, up to the stage of class six, most of the students, unless they want to travel 40, they want to walk 45 minutes uh, to the neighbouring schools, they weren't able to get secondary school education, which was a huge, huge surprise to me to feel people, children have been limited to up to year six, which is maybe the best form of education in terms of the quali- them being a lot of people, a lot of children in that community, their quality of education actually decreases um, as they can't all get the best attention they can for their uh, to their development. Um, so there was a long list and what we what we do, we come back and literally put a case study together to the other members of the team, to our other uh, supporters, our regular supporters, our donors, and ask them, look, these are, these are the costs of what we need to solve. These are the issues facing the communities. And I feel in everything, we need to have good health is important. So water for me, and, and order of priority comes first before an education. So we, we focused on providing safe drinking water for the whole community. Uh, which allow the young to grow, the, uh, the uh, elderly to live longer, and for the, the moms, the pregnant moms, to also be able to have safe childbirth. And these are the reasons why we focused on health and sanitation or water access before education, which is going to be our next step. So with every community we work with, we don't go there with our own ideas. We actually listen, sit down and talk to them what their major issues are, and then we can work together with them find out the costing of things for transparency and also get, get you know, come together, put a proposal together for our uh, initiatives, how to going to raise that funds and let our public know. Everyone that's, Change for Ghana would not exist without the support we have. Change for Ghana is not about me. It's not about the other team members, literally about Ghanaians for Ghana, non-Ghanaians that want to help and empathize with our cause. And just literally, it, it can inspire other communities um, from around Africa to also do the same and help back home in whatever way they can. 
I, I love that, man, Kweku. Thank you very much for that. And uh, you said, it, it, you know, you've got the, the heritage side, the fact that you, you, you are Ghanaian and your connection to Ghana, but more importantly, what you said um, is around working with people that, you know, Change for Ghana will, will, will help to support, um, i.e. those people in those areas in Ghana and something that the not-for-profit sector has been moving towards in the last maybe three to four years is a concept or, or an approach called co-production. And what that essentially is, is we recognise that we can't do things alone and whoever we're trying to support or whoever our product or services is, is supporting, we actually cannot deliver it without them and without working with them and not to them. So that work that you said around, you know, asking them the right questions, what do they need and see how you can work with them. That's just, that's the ideal approach if you want to um, effect change. So yeah, I'm, I'm loving what I'm hearing, man. Just a, yeah, massive shout out to everything that's going on there because yeah, it's very much needed. So yeah, shout out to you on that. Thank you. Brilliant, man. And, uh, Kweku, good to just find out a bit more, you know, the, the future, the future for Change for Ghana, where, you know, yes, you have your wider mission as well and um, all your vision, so to speak. Um, well, where would you say, you know, you see yourselves in the next five years or so? We would actually love to, to impact real change. Um, we would like to work with key stakeholders in the Ghanaian government, um, in the Ghanaian communities, uh, head of communities to actually... Uh, spread out while, uh, wide, um, wide sort of schemes to allow us to work on a, on, a, uh, on a national level as opposed to a local level. And that's the kind of partnerships we're looking for to hopefully work with the government, work with key stakeholders to allow them to understand how we can help and how we can use our transferable skills from the diasporans here to help facilitate the development of our nation back home. Brilliant, man. Brilliant, man. With no doubt, um, you will succeed in achieving that, man. Just wishing you all the best on that. Amen. Uh, Jax and Kwaku, uh, um, I'm going to pretty much uh, wrap up, but um, I'm going to wrap up on how people can help. But I just wanted to see um, from yourself, was there anything else that you think you wanted to touch on or you want me to ask about? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sat here. Um, I mean, I've been to events uh, provided by Change for Ghana. I've had an amazing time. I was, I was at the karaoke. I've been to the games nights. Um, I've seen where the... Um, I've also just donated randomly as well. Yeah. Um, and, I've, and I've seen the fruit of... of I was going to say my labour, but actually the fruit of my enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and these are the kind of things that, you know, I think our listeners those that have a passion for something, it's not that hard to get started. Um, if you have a passion for serving, a passion for helping, it's not difficult to get started, as we've seen from what Kweku is saying. He had an idea, he spoke to someone about it, and he executed, and now he's executing real change, bit by bit by bit. So I think it, for me, it's just also reminding me now, we've got a social enterprise that educates young people, but also what else can I do um, to add value to the world rather than just giving my knowledge. Um, finding these social enterprises that are doing amazing things and also donating a bit more of my money and making, you know, making a real change. So that's something I would definitely encourage people to do. Um, part of personal finance as we teach is to have a pot that we use to give. Giving is a huge part 
of personal finance. It's a concept that um, is biblical if you are a Christian. Um, it's a concept that every rich person or in better terms, every wealthy person will tell you is part of the game. And if you're not a giver, you won't be a receiver. Um, you can't grow. And so what better way um, to give than to provide not just finance, but sometimes your time, your energy, but of course money, finance. Let's not play games. Finance is important. Donate your money to things that you believe in and see that it will definitely bless you as a person as well. Brilliant, man. Absolutely agreed, man. Check out other episodes where we talk a bit more about that in terms of how to use your money and giving is definitely one of the priorities uh, when it comes to that. And we mentioned a few other things like uh, Quakey's uh, favourite book, which is also Jack's favourite book. We've got an episode on um, the power of reading and it should be out by the time this episode is released. Make sure you do check out that episode. And um, Quakey, one final time before we let, me, let you go, sorry, where can we find Change for Ghana on social media and all of that stuff? What do we type in? For you can our- find Change for Ghana at Change for Ghana on all platforms Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. We're most active on Instagram. So at Change for Ghana, you can find out about our latest events, what we've got uh, in the pipeline, what we you know, images from our events, our initiatives, everything on at Change for Ghana. Amazing. You can also visit our website at www.changeforghana.org. That has a more detailed um, explanation of what we do, why we're here, why we exist, how you can actually um, support us through donations, whether it's single donations or whether it's regular monthly donations. You know, whatever way you want, there's no such a thing as too much support and there's no such a thing as too little support. So please get in touch. Brilliant, man. Well, I'll say this right now. You've got at least a single donation from myself um, right after this episode. So just God bless you. put that out there right now. So thank you very much, uh, Quaker. Really appreciate you coming on to the episode. Um, it's been great listening to you, hearing a bit more about your b- background, the great work you're doing um, in the UK and back home in Ghana, man. We always, of course, wishing you the very best. And we'd love you to invite you on sometime to hear a bit more about how things are going, man. I would love to. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jax. Thank you, Peter, for your time. It's been, honestly, an amazing honour to be on this podcast with you guys. I've literally, I'm like, when is Jax going to get me on here? I want to be on. I'm so excited. <laughs> but, you know, like, being here, it literally feels like I'm talking to my two brothers. You know, you're both doing amazing stuff um, for our community. And like I said, had I known what Jax informs me now, um, trust me, <laughs> we'll all be much in a much better place. But, no, you know, beginning to learn it it's not too late it's never too late to learn always 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 educate yourself always be willing to ask questions and I feel that's what I've always taken from being friends with Jax as a brother as a friend I'm always asking questions I'm not too I don't know anything and I would like to know everything and you know from anyone I'm literally open to talking to anyone at any age any level any wealth of experience and being on this podcast with you guys seeing what you guys do day in and day out week in and week out with this podcast and various uh, channels you're on it's been amazing and thank you god bless you both and i hope to join you guys soon uh god bless you too man thank you very much quaker and thank you to all of our listeners and remember all stay woke <laughs>